Welcome back to the Speech Boutique Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to last week's podcast episode where I provided tools to get your child to the dinner table to eat. If you haven't already had a chance to listen yet, I highly recommend going back and giving it a listen. I appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the content. This series of episodes is focused on coaching and strategies for new parents, but some of these strategies discussed can also be helpful for parents with older children. On today's episode, we are continuing our coaching series, setting a foundation and reimagining the way you approach your daily routines and expectations. Today, I'll be discussing all things related to bedtime for toddlers. In this episode, I will be providing some helpful tips and advice to make sure your little ones get the rest that they need. So grab a cup of tea and let's dive in. Getting your toddler to sleep at the same time every night without resistance can be a huge challenge. Parents, this is a tough one. This episode may not solve the problem totally. I get it. I'm going to provide the next best steps for you to learn how to make bedtime a stress-free experience for you and your little one. Let's explore some strategies to establish a consistent bedtime routine that works for both you and your child. I'll discuss tips for creating expectations, calming your environment, and handling common sleep disruptions. As I mentioned in last week's episode, providing a visual schedule really anchors your child and provides security and predictability. The other thing, being consistent is very, very important. First, remember, communication is key. The way we're going to communicate with our toddler is using the visual schedule. I sure hope you didn't throw away that piece of paper that was mentioned in last week's episode. Remember, draw a rectangle, two lines, and you're going to illustrate the three steps to get your child to complete the steps to prepare them for bed. So this might include getting your pajamas out, picking out a book, brushing your teeth. Very simple. The next thing, you want to be very consistent. Establishing routines and boundaries can provide a sense of stability and security for your child. When you stick to these rules and create non-negotiables, this ensures that everyone in the family is on the same page. Just like with mealtime, your child has a certain type of autonomy. Your child played a role during the mealtime routine by choosing a vegetable or they had a choice between what plate they wanted to eat off. During bedtime, we want to continue that same independence and autonomy by providing your child with consistency. So for example, every night I would have your child choose their pajamas or a book or both. You may provide two pajama outfit options for your child and have them choose it. You may also provide three book options. I would already have an area designated in your child's room with the two options already there. So this is something that you don't necessarily have to be there for them to do or see, but they know know, if I go to this part of the, my room, I know that I have an apple pajama option and I have a banana pajama option. And they're just going to actually choose it without having to really communicate with you because you're providing this consistency and this new rule that every night you choose your pajamas. Again, with the books, I would have three books maybe sitting on their bed every night. And you can choose that before dinner or in the morning. And you can just have those three book options available. And so they know before I get in my bed, I'm going to have this one book ready and I'm going to put the two books away. So again, you're providing this option and opportunity for your child to have independence and autonomy. And now you all have some more calm time and they already have the book ready for you to read. The second thing that you want to do when preparing for bedtime with little to no meltdowns is you want to be able to provide a calm environment for your child right before bedtime. The way that we're going to do this is, again, like I mentioned during the mealtime activity, is you want to get ahead of it. So something happened during your child's day and then something's happening before bedtime, right? But if you get ahead of it, 
by providing a really solid routine for them. I'm not saying the meltdowns are going to go away, but your child has more predictability in their daily routine. I want to first start by saying meltdowns are not exclusive to bedtime, but more so a product of your child's day. Even if you have the perfect bedtime routine and schedule, meltdowns are not off limits. It's not just related to the time, nighttime. It's related to the quality of your child's day. How well they ate. Did they need a nap? Were they physical outside, moving their body around? In addition to having a quality daily routine for your child, it is very, very important for your child to have moments and times of quiet. We require some sort of quiet time to help our brain relax and absorb new information, to make connections, all the things, right? If your body is ramped up all day, it's really hard for you to make connections and learn and connect with other people. So just as it's hard for you as an adult, it's extremely hard for your child. Throughout their day, if they're not taking naps, which is fine, there needs to be quiet time that they can expect and know. So the quiet time is going to help their brain relax, calm, make connections, continue to make those neural connections, right, with things that they may have learned. And so that's going to help them get to bed better and sleep better at night. Calm time or quiet time should look and feel very serene. No iPads, no cell phones for the kids because they still get on YouTube with those. You could have some music playing if you like. There could be a book. And there could also just be them just sitting and relaxing in a very quiet, noise-free room. After they finish eating lunch, they can go to the area that you guys designated for story time. You could read one to two books, and then you can leave them to look at other books if they are not able to read yet, but it should still be quiet. So you could really utilize that time to add another book, to build some vocabulary. I would read the book in a very calm manner. I wouldn't get them too, too excited while you're reading it because we want to show them, one, how to self-regulate, how to self-soothe when they had a busy day or if they did not have a busy day. So say, for example, they have like a really busy day and they're overwhelmed, overstimulated. Because you have incorporated quiet time in their schedule as a daily consistent thing, your child is going to know how to calm themselves by themselves. And that's where we want your child to be. Obviously, with your adult assistance, we can help get them there faster, but we really want your child to know and feel like, okay, my body is overstimulated right now. I need to go find an area in the house to calm down. And this quiet time is going to help them do that. But most importantly, the quiet time is really going to help those neural connections and then making connections with different academic concepts and just getting to know themselves emotionally. That is why getting ahead of it and creating these quiet time opportunities in your child's daily schedule is going to really support your child bedtime routine. So create that calm environment and be calm. Lastly, I want to address common sleep disruptions. So as a speech language pathologist, a lot of times parents come to me and they're like, my child, it's taking them forever to get to bed or there's a meltdown. And we did talk about those two strategies earlier that can help support and alleviate some of those meltdowns. However, if your child continues to have meltdowns before bed with a consistent routine in place, with a visual communication system in place, there may be a disconnect in what you're expressing to them and what they understand. So there may be a language component. So I would reach out to a speech language pathologist to get a better understanding of what that breakdown looks like. Secondly, if your child continues to resist 
resist sleep. They wake up a lot during the night. They experience night tears or bedwetting. I would also contact your pediatrician just to see if there are any components of their sleep that is causing them to wake up. So it could be some airway, some breathing concerns there. So I would definitely reach out to your pediatrician and see if they can get you some referrals to maybe a sleep study, anything like that. Because we really want to make sure that your child is sleeping at night and not waking up. We know when there's not sleeping happening, there is some attention deficits that happen throughout the day, a lot more meltdowns because your child is absolutely tired. And remember, I want you to know that every child is different and what works for one may not work for another. But with patience and consistency, you can help them develop healthy sleep habits that will benefit them for years to come. I hope you found the discussion on bedtime for toddlers helpful. Remember, consistency is key when it comes to establishing a bedtime routine. Set a regular bedtime, create a calming environment incorporating the quiet time, and stick to the same routine every night. Sweet dreams to all the little ones out there. Thanks for tuning in to the Speech Boutique Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform. You can also visit my website at www.thespeechboutique.com and follow me on Instagram at Speech Boutique for more updates and behind the scenes content. I appreciate your support and look forward to connecting with you soon. Next week's podcast will be about playtime for toddlers. Tune in to learn about fun and educational activities to keep your little ones engaged and happy.